Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are talking about the Enterprise episode of our Deep Fake Out series. And today we are talking about the Enterprise episode of our Death Fakeout series. Woohoo! We are nearing the early 2000s now, everyone. We are entering Enterprise, and we are really cruising through the series, Ashlyn. I feel like everything's gone fast, I guess, because we haven't had any two-parters yet. Yeah, it's true. I was thinking in general with Enterprise that because it's a prequel show and because space travel is so much scarier to travel through, I think that everyone reacts to the deaths a little bit harder. And so I'm really interested to talk with you this episode. Yeah, and Ashley, like you're saying, this is such a dangerous time period for Starfleet that I thought there would be a lot more death fakeouts than there were, considering we're so deep into Star Trek and it's such a trope that people use and it's there were quite a few in Voyager and the past few series we've done have been packed full and this still has a lot but even some of them are like half fake outs you know that we're kind of just adding in so I thought that was really interesting yeah I'm excited to dive into these um but before we do that we've just been getting really awesome feedback recently from our listeners and so I want to do a quick shout out to Will Nichols He has been listening furiously to our podcast, and he said, Another amazing episode on your TNG fakeouts. Love your discussion about death rituals and religious practice. If you are thinking about a theological series, count me in. Such incredible pondering insight into the value of sci-fi. Thanks again, sisters. And then he wrote some Klingon, but I'm pretty sure it's something good. (laughs) Wait, let me see what the Klingon says. Okay. And then he left a Klingon message, which once translated said, our warfare is using our warfare. <laughs> so thank you, Wes, for your message. Wes, you're amazing. This is so thoughtful. And this kind of feedback really just makes our day. Like, that's amazing. Thank yes. You. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for following us, everybody. We really appreciate because that's one of the best parts about being in the Star Trek fandom is getting to interact with our awesome listeners and people who have become friends to us almost so oh yeah absolutely oh i want to congratulate rihanna formally on our main feed for her big move in chicago um it's moving is so frustrating and annoying and hard but it's all worth it in the end yeah (laughs) thank you ashlyn (laughs) yeah i'm really like proudly sitting in front of my podcasting official desk so it's it's just a nice feeling and it's nice to be in a space that accommodates for me and my partner and our three cats so we can currently have our orange boy in the bedroom again the first episode rihanna did in her new place was on our patreon and it was the penultimate episode of the animated series and i'm actually just telling rihanna this right now but i was kind of thinking we should do a live stream event for the finale of the animated series genius yeah because i saw on patreon you can do a live stream so yeah people should just go check that out we'll be posting when we're going to be doing that i again just told rihanna right now so (laughs) 
Yeah, but check out on social. I'm already like mentally preparing. Yeah, I'm writing a post as we speak. Um, So yeah, definitely check out our Patreon. We will be moving on to season two of Lower Decks after this. So especially great now that season three of Lower Decks date was announced. So yeah, I'm so excited. August, (gasps) right? Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Hallelujah. Can't wait. (laughs) Great. Well. Should this, we get into this? Yeah, crazy let's let's go. Time? Let's go into this, Brianna. First of all, I have a question for you. Oh my! If anyone, <laughs> I'm already worried. Question. If anyone from the crew of Enterprise died permanently, which would affect the crew the most? And Rihanna is like about to start crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like this is not good. <laughs> this is. <laughs> like what the fourth time i've had to answer this question of someone who's actually died yeah is my favorite and i think would affect the crew the most uh which of course is trip but for the sake of of a character who is still alive at the end of the series i'm gonna definitely go to pole i think that she is the glue of the ship i think that a lot of the crewmates rely on her more than they realize for her, like, pillar of logic, you know? And, of course, Trip relies on her for, like, his own feelings, and Archer relies on her greatly. Oh, my God, he would not get anything done without her. So, I don't know, she just is always this, like, picture of strength to the crew, and I think if she were gone, the whole crew would crumble. And we never got to see, like, a death fake out for her, so we, we didn't get to see the effect of that, but that's my prediction and yeah ashlyn what about you well great answer rihanna uh it's yeah i i feel like to pull really serves the spock purpose where she yeah. is the glue as you said and what would we do mm-hmm. without her so i actually was thinking at first archer because mm-hmm. of the evidence of all these episodes he's so important yeah. in the enterprise's mission succeeding which he yells mm-hmm. at about 20 people um yep. like i have to succeed on this mission oh <laughs> it's God. like all that he says <laughs> a lot of these death makeouts but... had him like really going um yeah going hard like hitting that home run for the mission but um actually i'm gonna go a little out of the box and say hoshi because nice. we like the crew would not have gotten anywhere without her if she had died like in the beginning it seems like she's one of the few people on earth who have this ability so mm-hmm. like just just to be able to hear a language understand the pattern and then start speaking yeah. back in any alien language is really impressive she doesn't have a lot to offer as far as like like uh maintenance no <laughs> what am i saying <laughs> Engineering, acumen. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Maintenance. Maintenance. Oh, Jesus. That. So even though she doesn't contribute as much to engineering as some of the, as like almost all the other characters can, I still think that her death would be just, would crumble the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. They would not get any, any kind of communication done. They would never be able to communicate with the insectoids. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Yeah. I mean, even Tripp says this about her, you know, he's like, you're damn impressive or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, agreed. Ashlyn, I love that answer. I think that the fact that Archer like chose Hoshi specifically for this mission and for the Enterprise is really special and she deserves that and she's so cool. Yeah. And you know, if it wasn't for our feminism series, I think I would have slept on Hoshi 
So yeah, I'm glad that we did that now. <laughs> we can open our eyes to new things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have to sleep on her anymore. Yeah, no, <laughs> so no, that was weird that. that I said that. That was weird. <laughs> so, uh, wow. Uh, so, Ashlyn, shall we start with the one, the only, Trip Tucker and his two question mark death fakeouts? Yeah, and right before we start, I just want to say that I was editing some of the podcast last week, Rihanna, and I interrupted mm-hmm. you so much. And so this week, I'm going to try not to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> well, That's I just thoughtful. feel like... I don't know. I don't want there to be any <laughs> any ideas yeah. in this podcast. <laughs> I got you. Oh, okay, oh yeah. Gosh. So let's make you sad. Let's make you even more sad, Rihanna. Oh, and how about I read the episodes? So we are going to start with Trip, where we watched E Squared and Similitude, followed by Hoshi, where her and also Trip like quickly die in Observer Effect. Uh, then we're going to do Daniels with Cold Front, Mayweather with Dead Stop, All of Earth in Twilight. Get ready to, everyone get Cry your hankies out. Yeah. <laughs> you still have a hanky. <laughs> Grab it. This is time. <laughs> or, you know, tissue. <laughs> yeah. Your sleeve, you know, whatever. Um, and then we are going to end in a very strange way, but not as weird as last week. Uh, we are going to end with Archer with Azadi Prime, Zero Hour, and Stormfront. Just so, part one, folks. Yeah, just part one. <laughs> you can watch both parts. They're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when we get into Trip, I first want to note that, like, a couple of these episodes are a bit of a death fake outreach, and Trips are kind of both, you know? I mean, definitely there is a death. And it is of a trip, but both trips are not the trip that it seems to be, I guess. <laughs> very, very elegant, Rihanna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just really interesting because, yet again, we're seeing more and more ways to not kill people in Star Trek. And Enterprise, yet again, knocking it out of the park with these death fakeouts and their creativity. So, this episode first we're going to be talking about e squared is actually a little bit like voyager's deadlock yeah voyager's deadlock where there is a second enterprise i mean okay this is a lot, like a lot of episodes <laughs> now i'm thinking of but um but like in this case this is an enterprise from that was thrown into the past and it's now a generation ship and so the death here is trip from the first iteration that went into the past and died after he had a kid with to pull <laughs> so it's not it's a death very out the simple trip. <laughs> yeah. i know i'm like you got that <laughs> yeah thank you rihanna for explaining that because i well i love the premise of this episode mm-hmm. um it yeah it technically is a death fake out we don't even get to see it on screen it's just like the no. facts of life. Like trips dead. Yeah, Get mentioned. used to it, you know. Oh, which is just horrible. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's like my which every is... day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just horrible because like they keep with, with these trip trip death fakeouts. Like they keep building to this death, and it just makes me wonder how long they knew that they were gonna kill off Trip in the final episode, or if that was just a like spur of the moment 
let's add this in. I don't know which would make me more mad, but I'm just speculating. I'm getting more and more suspicious that it was all Jonathan Frakes coming in in the last two episode, and he's like, you know what? I'm changing it up, folks. I'm going to rewrite. <laughs> don't say that to me. I have my own ideas about how this trek's going to go. <laughs> no, I really don't want, like, Frakes to do that. I want him <laughs> to be, like, pure in my mind. <laughs> well, the thing is, by canonizing the finale in Lower Decks, he has committed a crime, you know? Yeah, that was really <laughs> Like, that means we can't forget what yeah. happened. Especially because Mariner had said Trip Tucker, or, or sorry, Boimler had said Trip Tucker sprinkler, sprinkles, you know? Like, yeah. I just... I'm like, I don't need that mention. And then Frank's coming in. Yeah. No. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, I, I do want to go back a little bit to what you said, Rihanna, about how more and more deaths, like ways to die and bring people back is being introduced. Yeah. I was recently watching an interview with Alex Kurtzman talking about Strange New Worlds and what a success this first season has been. And he talked about how Star Trek has always been kind of passed from crew to crew, like, like, writer and director and development and production crew um and so it's really interesting that you know obviously this is the end of the berman era that we're talking about um but berman and braga were you know instrumental in from tng all the way up till now um and Mm -hmm. so it's i actually do want to say like it is impressive to see how many different ways they can come up with to kill these people and just how creative these episodes are. And even Mm -hmm. though for me, Enterprise is a little bit, um, like Enterprise is not my favorite. I don't dislike it, but Mm -hmm. it's not like my go-to comfort show to watch. Um, And so despite that, there are some fantastic episodes in Enterprise and it is kind of amazing to see. And um, I know it probably in 10 years, we'll be talking about the Kurtzman era. I mean, we already are now. So I just want to just True. throw that out there that we're definitely in the end of an era and you can kind of tell with Enterprise. Yeah, that's so true. Ashlyn, that's beautifully said. I, I agree. I think that these episodes, there's only a few that I would really go back and comfort watch, like Shuttlepod 1, which I loved, oh, that love was mentioned in Similitude. Mm-hmm. Like that was so clever. Um, but... Yeah, some of these Death Fakeout episodes, though, were really, I was really impressed by, like E Squared, which we had the pleasure of talking with our mom about it uh, in our time travel series, and I love that now we get to come back to it from this very brief, brief Death Fakeout edition. Yeah, absolutely, and I think especially trying to think about, like, making yourself do mental acrobatics, trying to figure out, okay, so where's the trip that we know? Okay, he's dead. Um, and yeah, basically, like at the end, they are they basically erase that entire generation ship, and so we get tripped back, and everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird though because he the trip of our present that we're starting with, or that like we know, yeah. <laughs> is talking to his son who is older than him mm-hmm. and it's like of course such a strange experience and his son is really resentful of trip's death and so he's like putting it on to this future current trip which like i understand you know like if you don't know your father enough it's gonna be really uncomfortable but it was just such a like fascinating glimpse into like what death does to people and what how grief can manifest even in these like you know eras later on especially when you're faced with it again and he's like there and alive it's just such a oof 
such a like crazy dynamic going on. Great point, Rihanna. And I remember talking a lot about their complicated family um, in, yeah. <laughs> in the family episode. This is a popular episode for the Dura sisters. Yeah, it is. Yeah, really, really well said. I, I think having like anger at someone for dying might not seem like it's okay, but it is, you know, like we mm-hmm. all have um, different emotions. We can't help what they are. It's just how we're reacting. And so I think it was Absolutely. interesting to have that being shown and also like uncomfy for Trip because especially what if yeah. they had not succeeded and the generation ship had gone over all over again, he would know yeah. that his son he was going to totally like know. resent him, although maybe they could like prevent him from being killed. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. Like, there's so many consequences to him knowing that. And I think that's why initially he was also staying quiet about it. He didn't want Trip to know all this stuff. But I was watching this episode with my partner, and she was like, why do they keep telling them this stuff? Like, <laughs> And she was like, oh my god, it's another temporal episode. And I was like, you're exactly like Jade Wake. She's mm-hmm. like, that is, I do not mess with that. <laughs> and I was like, it is just like really chaotic. This episode is so fun to watch, though, and to see these dynamics unfold and I'm just sorry that that Trip's son from that past ship had to go through that. Yeah, darn. (laughs) So this was actually another episode um, similar to, of course, I'm talking about where Rihanna and I weren't sure kind of whether to put it on or not because obviously at the end of this episode, like, Trip is alive, but I Mm -hmm. think the most important part is the very beginning because it opens with the funeral of who, like, we think is Trip. And so then it goes the classic two weeks earlier and then, you know, we're assuming the whole time we're going to see how Trip is going to die. I also wanted to do a quick shout out to the Computer Resume podcast because I posted on our Instagram story that we were watching Death Fakeouts and immediately I get a message. It's like similitude, such a good episode, directed by LeVar Burton, I think. He almost always does the more character-centric episodes. Really wish they'd done something different with the open title sequence, though. The cold open on Tripp's funeral would have been better served if they just fade to black and then went to title card on black. No music, no images. Keep the feeling of dread as the story unfolds. But what do I know? And so I'm just like, okay. Incredible. Please (laughs) rewrite this episode. Get LeVar Burton to direct it again. Yeah. Well, and I think this this is right in the thread of what we've been talking about with all these death fake outs that they're not really believable and some Mm -hmm. of them when they're done well like you do feel scared and worried for the character um but for me like i such a huge star trek fan someone dies before the opening credits it's almost Mm -hmm. never true that they are actually dead you know yeah, you've got to build the suspense more, and I really want to thank Computer Resume Podcast for uh, sending that message, because we were truly on the fence about putting this episode in or not, and so that message was like, of course, we have to add in, because it has this funeral, and we always are talking about a Trek funeral, and we get one literally opening credits, like, that is like a death fake out, like, <laughs> go down in history. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we kind of have a a small hint that it might not be trip i did not get this the first time through but now that i know what's going to happen i notice archer's speech is really like almost patriotic or yeah um very like pro the mission which is his that's his theme um (laughs) but he says like his death will benefit all of us and we'll be able to get home and like win the conflict which is not very emotional, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. So I feel like if it was actually 
trip there he would be like my brother who taught me what i knew you know like it'd be yeah, a lot like, more emotional watch water polo together yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though he didn't understand yeah <laughs> yeah like i totally agree and ugh, sorry i'm thinking about the finale oh, <laughs> again oh, oh god like we sorry <laughs> i'm thinking I about it like too. i'm lost for words Archer is going to have a deeper reaction, you know, than what we see here. So, Ashton, that's a really good point. Yeah, it's a very stilted eulogy. It feels like he got it online or something. Like, I, it just didn't feel from the heart. But you're so right. In the moment, when I see Tripp's body, that's all I'm focusing on. And yes. so I don't really care about Archer's words. <laughs> I'm too focused on Tripp. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's something you can't get the first time through. So the way that it actually goes down is that he was trying to get the warp drive to have no fluctuations. Yeah, the warp field stream. Yeah. yeah, and we got a great moment when there's only a couple seconds when the field stream actually is not modulating at all. And he's like, what a sound. Like, it sounds so yeah. good. And that made me think about, like, the hum of the warp core <laughs> that everyone yeah. loves later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. No, I was really nerding out with him. I was like, I would like to hear the noise. <laughs> Same. <laughs> But unfortunately, it's the end of him, almost, and um, he gets, like, zapped and knocked into a coma. He's the only one who has serious injuries. And so Phlox, in the most insane choice, he decides to regrow him as a clone because he has a mm-hmm. um, mimetic symbiont in his... Just chillin'. <laughs> just in case he needs it in his sick bay. Well, and it's not even in case he needs it because it usually, I think it said, it uses it for it something else or something. Yeah. Oh, like, like else scar medical. tissue or something. Tissue. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember, but it's not supposed to be used. It's like ethically. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you're good. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. totally right. And and so Archer does another insane thing, which is he says yes to growing this clone. And he does preface it by, if I were not in the expanse, then no, mm-hmm. I would not do this. But we are in like a really desperate situation. We really need Trip to complete the mission. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Can I just say who this reminds me of? Hmm. Lorca. Mira Lorca. <laughs> oh, no. Like, you know how he makes all these justifications in wartime, quote unquote? Mm-hmm. Like, He's like, he uses stamets for experiments. He allows him to use the spore drive. You know, like that is not, not good. Anyway, I mean, I this, like, is, this is like weird parallels. I'm like, this is not okay to justify something during wartime. No, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I think it shows what a different era of space this is. Like, I think this crew, like we were saying earlier, is just really like a lot more familiar with death because it happens so frequently. So it's so sketchy what like happens throughout oh, this episode. But yeah archer making this choice is pretty surprising it's on par like with a lot of fans with uh the two the two vix situation with janeway yeah. which someday mm-hmm. we, you know we're going to talk about it for a long time but yeah um <laughs> that, that's not today <laughs> yeah not today but basically this boy this baby like archer decides to go through with it there's a baby born and baby born baby <laughs> born, baby born. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um and he grows up into trip and he like tells to pull how he feels which is like a big deal um and then he basically like Flox has kind of misled arthur arthur um arthur, <laughs> arthur <laughs> <laughs> can never be misled he's <laughs> too smart god Flox has kind of misled archer so now that trip has grown and like at the same age as the trip we know or like a little bit younger we understand that him doing this procedure will kill sim and 
Flox had kind of made him believe that they could stabilize him and he could live a normal life, like a normal human span. So this is dicey. Yeah. It gets real dicey. I, I think it's interesting because, like, I don't know if I blame Flox as much. Like, mm-hmm. I think that he wasn't really misleading Archer. I think he was more, like, they had never tested this on a human. And he said to Archer, like, this has only been tested on a... Um, some other species that like usually makes the clones I'm, I'm sorry i can't remember the name but yeah they have a really interesting discussion where archer's like why would you even bring this up as an option to make a clone if it's like not ethical or not allowed you know on on many worlds then flock says he's obligated to provide all options you know and so it is interesting though because I think like you also could stay quiet about that, but he also knows that it will save Trip. Oh, it's just so complicated. So, anyway, I think that like there's quite a few people at fault here, and Fox is one of them. Like he did literally tell him about this procedure and go through with it and everything. But yeah, it's just horrible the way that they didn't catch this at times. It seems like he should have been monitored in sick bay for longer, not just like hanging out on the ship. I know, he's roaming around. He's having a great time bonding with the crew, but I agree, maybe he should have been kept under observation for at least 24 hours. Yeah, to at least see, like, oh, will this procedure work when he's, like, the right age? So, poor Sin. This is rough. It's really (laughs) rough. This is a hard, hard episode. So I really understand his perspective because at one point he's, like, yelling at Archer, saying, I could could live. Like, you're really going to kill me? You know, like seriously Mm -hmm. like he it feels like he's being euthanized you know Mm -hmm. um and i it was really sad too because it reminded me i mean or he like grew up with porthos you know on the ship Mm -hmm. and so at the very end of his time you know like he was holding porthos and it made me think about a dog being euthanized and i think that was maybe the symbol they were trying Mm -hmm. to show i don't know but just like i did not this episode's so sketch but i'm glad trip's alive you know yeah oh my gosh ashlyn that's such a good point i didn't think of that i that scene is so heartbreaking when he's just cuddling porthos and also his conversation with archer before this when he decides not to steal a shuttle and run away because he's like where would i go he knows that he couldn't make it far in the expanse and he says a lifetime in eight days i just can't imagine not being here tomorrow and it's just like geez you know like this is such a hard sacrifice that sim is making so wow <laughs> so <laughs> seriously rest yeah. in peace yeah. yeah um so then at the end we find out of course that it is sim yeah, yeah. sim in the coffin just yeah. awful mm-hmm. at least he got to kiss to pull yeah that's true and Ashlyn, yet again, your rhyme is correct. Whatever <laughs> double appears, the death fake out is the Yeah, end. I know. I couldn't believe it. Like, again, <laughs> it's still happening, but it's never the same kind of double, you know? Never. <laughs> Not a transporter clone. <laughs> at, at least when Riker's double appeared, there was no death fake out. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just an evil. <laughs> evil Thomas? Wow, how dare you. In Deep Space Nine, he's not evil. He's just mucky. He's misunderstood. anyway Anyway. that's a debate for another time yeah um so yeah after that tragic episode ashlyn do you want to talk about what's this episode general observation observing yeah so this is observer effect and in this one it's it's kind of a classic star trek episode to be honest i Mm -hmm. i love seeing it so like in the middle of season four when so much is going on but 
Hoshi and Trip are on a shuttle. They're going down, going through some like space garbage, basically. Yeah. Um, and they come back. They are coughing. I'm triggered from COVID. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> yeah. And Hoshi's like puking. And yeah. then they come back into the decon, the decontamination chamber that we've mm-hmm. seen everyone naked in this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Finally, it's being used for its real purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to keep out this disease, whatever it is, out of infecting the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. But there's also these aliens um, that we later learn are called the Organians. Um, mm-hmm. They are taking over the bodies of Mayweather and Reed. And they are observing humans to see how they react to people contracting this disease. And mm-hmm. apparently one of them has been there for like 10,000 tests. Um, yeah. The other one I think has been there for like 800. So he's a little Fairly bit of a green. newbie. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that's the one who's inhabiting Mayweather. And then the Reed's Organian is more like stuck up and in his ways, which is not which surprising. Yeah. yeah. Like, we like these hosts best. Yeah. <laughs> um, they just like go around the ship, like inhabiting people's bodies, making observations. Their goal is to see if they should have a first contact mm-hmm. with the humans. And basically, Trip and Hoshi end up dying uh, because of this disease. Hoshi dies first. They, Harger really tries and flocks. Like, oh, everyone really tries. It's just awful. Then a couple minutes later, Trip dies, and Archer heroically, like, took off his glove in order to handle the equipment, which can't be done with the quarantine gloves, which I feel like is a huge flaw. Yeah, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a huge but, like, flaw. Also, aren't there, like, sick bay quarantine suits you can wear? I'm saying. Maybe? I mean, they probably didn't think of ever everything on this first ship but come on that's a huge flaw yeah i mean yeah thick gloves that aren't sealed you know like it can't be that hard (laughs) i don't know anyway yeah um the crusher has some like (laughs) exactly but by the end of the episode the two aliens basically the mayweather alien has convinced reed to save them and so everybody's cured um everyone's memories are erased and Mm -hmm. they end up deciding to do first contact in five thousand years yeah, they said, oh, that's barely enough time to prepare. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fair enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this one's really interesting. I'm, I, I don't know why. I think it's, actually, I do know why. It's because it's the series we last talked about. But I always harken back and think about, like, this is really similar to Distant Origin in the fact that we have these species observing behavior like they do on Voyager. And, but this time it's more targeted. And I think that's really an interesting twist for Enterprise and that they're inhabiting the bodies because it starts for a really interesting opening scene when like they're playing chess. And I just think it's a normal scene until they start talking about like humans and stuff. And I'm like, wait, hang on, what's going on? You know, they're really fast at chess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that was really interesting. But the, the death fake out here is really tragic. Like they're really good at, quickly making these scenes like they're really effective at changing the tone of a scene quickly you know and I think that it really turns here because we've had sort of an interesting like I'm it's more of a mystery episode of like why are these aliens here are they gonna save them you know and we get to see Hoshi and Trip bonding in quarantine which is like really special you know that's a fun character moment but it's also horrible because they're like not sure how much longer they're gonna live Meanwhile, the inhabited host people, the people who are being inhabited, 
um, are, like, watching them creepily <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. So it adds this, like, weird tone. And so then by the end of the episode, when it's really serious and Hoshi flatlines and Archer is, like, yelling at Flocks to try to keep going and then you see Tucker die as well for, like, a literal second before the Arganians inhabit their bodies. So... Yeah, it was just, it's it's really well done, but it also is just so concerning to see how Archer is always reacting to these deaths, you know, and this is something we'll see later on as well, but he really does just, like, immediately lash out, and Phlox is the person who won't give up, you know, so they're both these, I don't know, like, opposites of each other. They definitely are. Yeah, that's a really great point, Rihanna. Archer, I am impressed with him in this episode. There was a tense moment, you know, where it's like, who should take off the glove to administer mm-hmm. the, the needle? Yeah. yeah. And Phlox is going to, but Archer's like, no, obviously we need a doctor more than we need a captain. And mm-hmm. Archer, I don't know, I just, I really love that moment. Mm-hmm. I know that, yeah, this is supposed to show, like, the best of humanity. This episode really reminded me of, like, Roddenberry um kind of vibes kirk yeah yeah we are the best (laughs) risk is our business (laughs) or even picard you know where he has to do a little like we've changed humanity is great (laughs) (laughs) we just always have to prove that we're not lower life forms (laughs) yeah But yeah, I thought Archer did a great job. I'm just so used to it. Like this is how I know like Star Trek people are always like this. So it doesn't surprise me at all. So it made me laugh. And I thought it was a great scene where Archer's like actually yelling at the aliens like, no, you're the ones who aren't involved. You guys lost your compassion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That's just, yeah, that's classic captain behavior, yelling at higher beings. It's really nice. It is. Yeah. So this is also special because we get a moment. I'm really glad that T'Pol is not there to see Tucker, like, flatline. But because she is asking Archer, tell me when Trip wakes up. And I love that then when they're revived and alive again, Archer calms the bridge and he says, Oh, uh, T'Pol, you wanted me to inform you when Tucker is awake? He's up and he's chatting with Frankie <laughs> or something. And I'm like, yes, this is just, like, a beautiful way to spare T'Pol from the fact that, like, well, also, I guess they don't know. Oh, yeah, because they all, their memories were wiped. Yeah, so this is another time their memories are wiped. No one remembers the death This happens so much. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I, mm. yeah, I thought this was a really great episode, though. Again, one I didn't expect. Also, I'm yeah. in the middle of a rainstorm, so if anyone hears the rain, you can just enjoy it. Feel very atmospheric. Nice. Ambient noises. Yes, yes. <laughs> We have a lot of those in this Death Vegas series with our sirens in the first episode. Oh my gosh, I know. It's, the, the world is like, wee wee, stop the Death Vegas. <laughs> no one remembers them. Yeah. Crazy. Um, I, yeah, I was thinking that uh, this is another loose thread that a writer could pull on at any moment and we could meet the Organians again in 5,000 years. That's definitely not above us, so. <laughs> that would be epic. I would really love that. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so this is the first time that we ever meet Daniels, and he is, this is in Cold Front? Yes. Okay. They, always have, they have a lot of really similar names. There's Cold like Front, Front, Deadlock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so. Dead Stop. Sorry. Dead Stop, yeah. Literally, I'm like, Stormfront. Yeah, wait, are you sure it's Cold Front? Yeah, Cold Front. Season okay, one, episode 11. <laughs> okay, cool front. Sorry. Well, then we're going to so, watch Hot Front in the next season. So, 
so this is the first time we're seeing i think he's like ensign yeah uh, his baby boy ensign daniels <laughs> here in this episode uh serving archer a little dinner uh it's just an interesting <laughs> scene because i know it's daniel so i'm like oh hey bud this is a i love this episode though because we get a little bit of like diplomacy we get a bit of a death fake out and we also get a Sulaban again so we get silic once again and he has come to save the enterprise because there's going to be a storm that's going to knock out a coil that's going to blow the ship up or something you know yeah. <laughs> classic stuff and they have to track Silic all around the ship. And so Silic encounters Daniels and he is chasing him, trying to wipe him out. And Daniels is like a very important character. Yeah. <laughs> like he is literally there, I mean, kind of to always mess things up, but also to like drop Archer in places to go and fix stuff. <laughs> this is literally his role. Guide them in the right direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or drop in. I mean, he is kind of the like time traveling equivalent of like the traveler and the watchers and oh stuff. for sure yeah like temporal agency vibes mm -hmm. i kind of like doctor who i was kind of thinking about too for yeah. him he's like the doctor oh, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah exactly so daniels we're learning in this episode how essential he is and this is also the episode where he is supposedly dead yeah it's just interesting i really enjoy this episode yeah it's kind of funny that he does die in the first episode we meet him and i feel like they do a really good job of making us want to trust Daniels because, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously Silic, like we know in the past, like he's not been our friend. Um, yeah. He doesn't look human to us. And unfortunately, like we're going to trust like the white guy over Silic. Yeah. Um, Damn. <laughs> sadly, Archer will at least. Yeah. Um, and so I remember being on his side and believing him when he's taking archer to the future and explaining everything going on and especially mm -hmm. when archer's in his room and is like wow Ooh. this is so cool yeah um, this, ho this hologram thing yeah yeah so i i was sad by the end of the episode when he was killed because it seemed like he had more to do and maybe now we're just left on our own to try to figure out the situation where yeah. as before we had someone kind of like watching and guarding out for the crew you know I agree. You're right. It does add this tenseness and the fact that we don't know that he's alive for a while. This is different than when an Auburn Tane is, you know, supposedly dead. It's it's more of a relief for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was and just thinking with, about Tane too. Yeah. yeah, and same with Wyoon, um for the first Wyoon. Yeah. Seven? Five? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The OG the first Wyoon. The OG Wyoon. Yeah where you know he dies the first episode we meet him and so it's just it's really interesting which though, we because... didn't even talk about i can't believe no, because well because it's clones yeah it's true so different why yeah yeah so this is just an interesting take on this and the fact that we do have to wait a while to figure out that he was alive because he got vaporized by silic i almost called him sulaban <laughs> by silic <laughs> i thought his death was really interesting and of course that i'm looking for it i was suspicious mm -hmm. because it does seem like he kind of phases out like he doesn't yeah. really explode um like that weapon didn't really work on him or something yeah like he probably like got out of there right before or something yeah um, yeah. So they d don't really have too much of a mourning period for him, aside just from the unease, you know, yeah. that this and is... Yeah, locking a, his room. Yeah, yeah, they lock his room down, and the 
last shot of his quarters being locked up and then it's like mm-hmm. very eerie music i thought it was yeah. a really unsettling way to end the episode i love these kind of episode endings and enterprise really excels at them like i've been noticing this trend in enterprise especially even without them being two-parters that they like to end an episode with this suspense yeah so i, I thought that was a clever ending it was really cool to see and then later um i do you know the next episode that he returns in that was in shockwave did we watch that no we watched no. stormfront okay <laughs> ridiculous oh my gosh so daniels actually does appear in the finale of season one in shockwave part one and two which is the first episode of the second season um and so he's dead for like 14 episodes so that's a long time enough time to forget about someone for sure totally (laughs) yeah and there there is a time where they go into daniel's quarters and stuff and they're figuring out more stuff but Anyway, it is nice to know that he is alive and he's still helping them. He almost dies a lot of times. Like, he's very sick in... Which episode was that? We just Oh, that, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how we're going to end the pod. That was in the yeah. Nazi episode. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's really <laughs> sick when the Nazis are there, so... Yeah. Which, like, same. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's it's just... It's interesting to see his trials and, like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's still around to help us, but also... I know. Whenever he pops up, I know there's going to be some crazy stuff going down. Mm-hmm. Shall we move on now to Dead Stop, which also I think has a fantastic, suspenseful, beautiful episode, including the ending. Like, Enterprise is knocking it out of the park with these endings. Yeah, this was one of my favorite ones uh, that we watched for this um, mm-hmm. episode today. And it was directed by Roxanne Dawson, Woo-hoo! who we know had a great uh, directing career. So that made me really happy to see. Yeah, same. She is phenomenal. I love that we got to see, we got to talk about her directing as well in the one with Hoshi's Nighty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. We hate the Nighty. We hate the Nighty. Um, yeah, so it's it's cool to see her directing other episodes of Enterprise. They're always really well done. And I was actually texting Ashlyn uh, when I started this episode because she had already seen it earlier on in the day. And I was like, oh my god, this episode is so 2001 Space Odyssey. And Ashlyn was immediately like, yep, I wrote that down as well. Like, hello, Hal. <laughs> yeah. The entire ship is, like, run by the computer. and so. Yeah, it's really barren. Like, there's not a lot of detail. Everything is white inside. It just really mm-hmm. reminded me of... not The not, flashing lights. Yeah, the flashing too. lights. I shouldn't say not detail, but not, like... It doesn't look too complicated. Like every, like mm-hmm. the design is really simplified, yeah. Um, because it's supposed to be this like futuristic station. But yeah, the computer voice I believe is actually Roxanne Dawson. I didn't look it up for sure, but I'm pretty sure it is. When you said that, I immediately heard it. I was like, yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's the voice of the repair station. Um. So cool. Yeah. So Which I think the episode even better, like another layer. Exactly. The premise of this one is that the Enterprise is really effed. (laughs) They are in a situation (laughs) where it's going to take them three months of repairs. So they have to just like be in a dead stop. Um, And so Archer says, eh, we've like helped so many people on our journey. I hope someone will be able to stop and help us. So they put out a distress call. They get a very vague um message from or not very vague but a very strange thinking about it now message from Mm -hmm. the tellerites giving them coordinates to a repair station 
Um, Do you think it was like an automated message from the repair station? Oh, like, that. Give me your body. Anna, that's probably what it was. I was thinking like the Tellarites own the station and they would benefit mm. from like Ooh. having the bodies run it or something. I like that too. I don't know. Well, so the rest of it is that um, the ship is able to repair them, but it's really cheap and manageable. It seems all too good to be true. It's replicating mm-hmm. like um, fish for or catfish <laughs> for Tucker. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone has a replicator. They're like stunned by they're it. freaking out yeah mm-hmm. um but then at one point mayweather hears archer call him down to this blocked off part of the ship which of course is not really archer it's really the computer and he dies it appears so yeah. after you know everyone's like mourning him um they Archer's screaming at everyone yeah archer scre- he's screaming at everyone um yeah. and uh after some investigation flocks finds that it's not actually travis it's a really good replica of the dead body because he's not been vaccinated and everyone can tell <laughs> <laughs> everyone can tell exactly yeah oh this one's their reaction to this is really tough because first you have archer just like absolutely losing his mind the fact that mayweather was down there without authorization he's yelling at trip and to pull saying like who like who was supposed to inform the crew that no one should have been down here and they said like we informed everyone and he's like obviously you missed someone and i'm like do not put this on them you know so it's it's kind of similar to how mccoy was reacting to people dying i was thinking or we've seen this sometimes where people just lash out in their anger and grief and i think he's also blaming himself too you know like should have been there or whatever so this is really tough too because it also kind of reminds me of Chekhov when he dies he's sort of the baby (laughs) of the crew you know like similar travis is and he's only 26 yeah that's what flock says and he says far too young to be on this table a lot of these fake out deaths are really difficult for flocks as well because he has to be there to do the autopsy or whatever or try to be the person who's saving life and i just like always want to applaud the doctors in these situations because it's like extremely stressful on them and flocks always handles it really beautifully and in this case he figured out that he was not dead so yeah way to go Flux. exactly i also thought that robert duncan mcneil did a great job in the scene where archer's like yelling at everyone because you can tell that he's really like deeply affected by mayweather's death and he's like who? but um trip isn't that robert duncan mcneil that's <laughs> paris <laughs> connor trainer <laughs> Connor Trainer, I think it is. No. Yeah. no. Well, okay. Uh, Paris directed an episode. And so. Where did he direct this? He directed Twilight. No. <laughs> this is Roxanne's awesome. I was like, I was like, did he guest star? Did I miss that? His expression. <laughs> he just appeared in the scene. Out of nowhere. And he's just like, how could I? I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord okay Thank jesus you. um so i really enjoyed connor trinner's acting in this episode where archer's like yelling at everyone because you could really tell he's deeply affected yeah so he yeah i just thought he did a great job acting in that scene and he's yeah. not robert duncan mcneil they are <laughs> different people <laughs> different different white men <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh gosh um yeah 
it is really sad too to see Hoshi come and say goodbye. Helen Park did a great job in this as well because she gets to tell like stories about their pranks and stuff and he did apparently like almost a he did like a goo fake out for her (laughs) so i think it speaks to how like the writing is really questionable in some of these episodes (laughs) because that's a weird thing for travis to do he just like called hoshi and was like hey i have a life form we need to figure out if it's sentient and she's yeah. like, okay. And she goes down there and it's jelly? Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, know. I'm yeah. very weird, but that's, you know, like, that's a <laughs> interesting thing level. to do to someone. I mean, he likes to hang out in zero G. Like, he's just his own guy, you know? Right. And I, I love that. He's, he's so unique. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt like it just kind of took away from the scene a little bit. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. quite, like, funny enough to like make her laugh (laughs) i feel like i don't know but i felt like her emotions were really real despite what Mm -hmm. she was saying yeah despite the weird writing i agree yeah and we're seeing in this episode a little bit more time for these characters to grieve and to process um we see too that like flox is telling hoshi that like he would have felt little pain hoshi is coming to see like his body as well which is like just really different experience of Flox is saying than seeing those bodies she saw on the bridge like of that alien ship so it was sad to see them confront death in this really intense way and Malcolm's finding a letter that he was writing to his sister and Archer is finding out like he had to postpone a breakfast with Mayweather and now he thinks Mayweather's gone and so similarly we're seeing these just like spots of grief that are like really well done I think yeah, I thought so too. It really made it realistic. Like that's mm-hmm. how it would be if you lost someone so suddenly, you know? And I think all of them had their guards down. Not Archer. Yeah. He was very suspicious the entire time that this seemed yeah. too good to be true. But mm-hmm. no one else was really expecting like a death, you know? Yeah. And that was the true like payment, quote unquote. I mean, obviously I, you'd seen one body go missing or like it seems like they had all different species yeah um oh my gosh so i have a couple of thoughts about this ending because they go into the bottom and there's like hundreds of bodies probably Mm -hmm. and like all of them are alive but Mm -hmm. their brains are like incredibly damaged they're just working on like just their organs are working to support the station and they do find mayweather is damaged but he's okay and they wanted him for his brain and so this Mm is this is called mayweather's brain this is spock's brain brain. yeah this is like the updated version of spock's brain (laughs) yes oh my god another time because i mean i think to even said it's true that the cerebral cortex is like the most complicated computer yeah or whatever yeah yeah yeah, really crazy. crazy. Um, Everyone the, wants the brain. <laughs> brain? What does brain? What is brain? <laughs> <laughs> what I really love, too, is that Trip really goes Karen in this episode when <laughs> he has to distract the computer for a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's like, back on my planet, they say the customer is always right. And he's literally yes. like, can I talk to your manager? Like, he's yes. going at it. And this is, I think, the best <laughs> time to yeah. turn into a Karen. Oh, it was magnificent to see him work on the computer like this. I was hoping there was going to be like a showdown, like a Hall 3000 showdown, you know, take, him <laughs> a, take her apart. I was just going to say, the one line I do like is, you look pretty good for a dead guy. 
Yes, I love that. And I, I wrote that down too. Like what a perfect summation of our series, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Archer. Literally. I'm glad that Mayweather survived because like he is also a really important part of the crew and like you said i I never thought about him really as being the baby but he totally is Mm -hmm. yeah definitely the youngest definitely like he's still ensign and he's extremely talented it's sad when like they're briefly grieving yeah so the end of the episode they fly away everything's fine they blow up the station (laughs) i guess and the station had attached itself to the enterprise and Mm -hmm. so it was not letting go like it was trying to fight back because Mayweather's body had been stolen and so they like did a booby trap and they put warp plasma in the room and ignited it and this scene cracked me up because Reed was like so when's it gonna explode and Archer was like well just wait it has to reach a certain temperature and then it'll explode and he's like fine but I'm I'm annoyed I have to wait (laughs) he just loves explosions favorite pastime but yeah it was a creepy ending like similar to how cold front ended with the Mm -hmm. kind of unsettling ending this one too because we see that the ship is repairing itself yeah so this whole station is gonna be back and running soon which is terrifying yeah hate to see it yeah (laughs) hope we never do that's stone death fake out exactly (laughs) oh amazing oh my gosh we have to do all of earth twilight yeah yeah so this here's the real time for robert duncan mcneil yeah this is this is robert duncan mcneil he directs twilight (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad we have so many voyager castmates coming back to direct uh it really adds some great like coherency between the series this again you know i was talking about all these amazing episodes that we have in enterprise to me this is one of the best and also one of the most unique plots we we've talked about it in a couple series now so we won't be you know going like deeply into every aspect of it but this is another classic episode where (laughs) we see the future and (laughs) it's not going well so they have to delete the future and kind of get reset so always characters (laughs) obsessed with getting their past back did i just say that this episode was unique i can i take it back Oh God! What's, Fantastic. I mean, Archer's situation is what's unique for me, you know, because yeah. Archer gets hit with this anomaly, and instead of dealing with memory loss, like dementia, diseases that eventually erode away your memory as you get older, it's kind of reverse, where he just can't, like, his body's fine, and he just can't form long-term memories, but his brain is otherwise functioning normally. And so it's a really interesting way to like format this episode. And it turns out that the things on Archer's brain, the little bugs, are the time traveling insects we talked about in our time travel episode. (laughs) Um, But uh, so that's the key to all of this. And I just think, yeah, what a cool, cool idea. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's really well done. Thank you, Mr. Spock. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) And it's heartbreaking too because the opening for this and the way that we're being confused with Archer and trying to understand what's going on with him um, and him waking up a lot older with T'Pol in his kitchen with her hair all long and she's being very like tender with him and patient and everything and knowing this I'm thinking of T'Pol's perspective the whole time and I'm thinking of how hard this is every day for her to have to repeat and to watch his grief of hearing about 
Earth being destroyed and all the colonies being destroyed and how there's only about 6,000 humans left. Awful. So awful. Yeah. When things like this happen in the episode, it's pretty clear that we're going to get our Earth back because Star Trek's their mission mm-hmm. statement is we will have a better future than the one we have now. Yeah. And so I, I mean, think it would spin too much out of the genre to do like this kind of disastrous move. Like we kind of flirted with that in season four, season three and four in Discovery. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the show that has the most real consequences. But it is really interesting to see, you know, like this is Archer's new reality and he's so devastated when he hears that Earth is gone. Like, like Scott Bakula excellent job and like he he's wonderful in this episode oh he does such a great job ashlyn i love what you're saying about like star trek not wanting to (laughs) kill off earth but yeah it is interesting because they definitely they'll do quajon and vulcan but like earth is always like untouchable but it's always the one in most danger and of course enterprise follows that trend and so i think also the fact that archer and his crew had been working all of these months and just tirelessly trying to destroy the weapon and to save earth in time before it was finished oh my god it's just like to find out that they failed their mission you know and that Mm -hmm. earth was destroyed and we have to see it you know in the past as we're watching sort of as we're getting caught up as the audience so i think it's yeah it's equally devastating to have to tell it over and over again every day and i'm just infinitely grateful that flocks is like there with her in this experience you know that he has literally never given up on archer and this is again we're seeing this like of course we've lost humanity as well but he won't give up on anyone flox won't you know like he will try anything for as long as he needs to and that's such an admirable quality and what helps save them yeah i was gonna say like I, I was thinking again of Harry and Chakotay and Janeway yes. and all these people who work yes. so tirelessly for the future. But what's Jake really and the visitor. Jake and the Visitor, yeah. What's what's really inspiring about this though is that Flocks didn't work for the future. He was just working mm-hmm. for Archer, and yeah. he didn't until the end of his research. He didn't know that there would be any world saving consequences to him removing the parasites. And so I think that just also speaks to, like, the kind of connection that they have aboard Enterprise. Like, this is why Archer's always yelling when people are dying. And he's, like, mm-hmm. a really emotional, like, wears his emotions on his sleeves, like, kind of captain. Because they're also tight. And they're, they're a true family. And they've, they're facing things that no other crew has really faced before. So I was inspired by Fox for sure. Like, how great. Beautiful, beautiful point, Ashlyn. I love that. And... I think that the it, it's really cool that we're getting a duo that's different again. Another Star Trek thing that I love is putting people together where you wouldn't expect, like Flocks and pull and they get these times to connect. And like we also get to see old Trip, who is the captain now. I'm so, captain now. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> uh, I also just wanted to bring up, and this is a this is a spoiler, everyone, for actually the finale of Strange New World. So skip like a minute. So we're gonna add in music when we're talking about this spoiler, and then um, when you hear the music stop, that means we're back. I was thinking about how it turns out Trip and Topol weren't the captains to get them through this period 
it was Archer, you know, is like the correct captain for this mission. And it made me think a lot about how in the finale of Strange New Worlds, Pike is not the right one to get them through Balance of Terror. It's actually Kirk. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And we're back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the timeline is restored. Thank you to everyone's tireless efforts. Yes. Oh, I also love that they were on City Alpha 5, too. Um, oh, my God. I just made a I TikTok just... about that. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was, like, screaming. It's so good. I can't believe they did that reference. It really is just perfect. Anytime you can throw in City Alpha 5, you should. You are obligated yeah. to. <laughs> Anytime you can talk about con, like, <laughs> please do. This is City Alpha 5. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. Fantastic. Um, well, also, just, like... By the time the episode's over, everyone is dead. I think the first person to go is Mayweather, like, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. He dies, like, shortly after Archer's incident. We see, like, Flocks, Hoshi, Trip. Everyone's mm-hmm. just going down. The bridge is, like, destroyed um, yeah. when the Zindis are boarding the ship in the last scene. And so, like, this is another case of everyone working their absolute hardest to secure the future but it's only to pull and flocks and archer know that that can happen and so it's just a great ending because everyone's doing their job literally until the very end until they're killed while trying to save humanity and kill archer's brain bugs (laughs) wow phenomenal that's such a good point amazing Um, well, now we're on our Archer love fest, which I didn't yeah. expect because I thought he was so grumpy <laughs> in these yeah, episodes. Very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ashlyn, Zani Prime is first, right? It sure is. I want to talk a little bit about Archer and his tendencies as a captain because we've seen a, quite a lot of captain death fakeouts. I think that they get very popular you know like besides Picard he only had one but you know everyone else Kirk had a billion (laughs) like Archer has quite a few and I think this is partially because being a captain you know you were leading people and sometimes you were leading them into danger and happened to die that way or in Archer's case you volunteer (laughs) for these missions (laughs) these suicide missions I just think why like i know we're in an era of kirk goes down to the planet with spock and mccoy and every bridge officer (laughs) you know and everyone is beaming down on these missions we're not in an era of Riker telling picard to stay up on the on the ship and everything well there's no i still there's no like rule yet you know yeah there's no rule for that yeah but like even so i think he's playing guitar up there sorry if you can hear a man playing guitar upstairs, <laughs> everyone. This isn't the music for the spoiler. <laughs> I, I know the, the rule's not there, but still, it just seems like an unwise choice. I know that he justifies it by saying, I am not going to lose anyone else. Like, I've already sent people to their deaths. But, like, you're the captain, you know? I just, I just wonder, like, what about Archer's behavior makes him want to decide to go on this mission where he can't come back from and can't lead his ship so for me i think that it's all about the uh temporal cold war and the time that they're in the expanse is the is when archer is most stressed and stretched to his limit Mm -hmm. and 
can't really function. And so I think he's thinking, you know, what would be easier than doing this? Sacrificing myself heroically, you know? Yeah. Um, and not, I'm not saying that he's like suicidal, but I think it's an easy choice to make when it's the crew or me, you know, because mm-hmm. everything is uncertain. No one knows if they're getting out alive. Um, and so he wants to do the best for his crew at all mm-hmm. times. And he that's just the kind of person he is. So for me, I think it's especially bad later when he's like, I'll go in the shuttle, I'll do the thing, when really maybe like Mayweather is a better pilot, you know. Um, Mayweather had to teach him how to yeah. fly it yeah. in, you know. I mean, it's just not like strategically the wise choice because Tripp and Mayweather were able to get down there undetected in 20 minutes and Archer got caught in like five and captured and he could have easily just been killed on site without any sort of getting any knowledge or anything but he was lucky enough that they kept him alive so it's true well and this is the thing that makes him a really strong captain is that he is able to talk his way out of things and some of my favorite characters have that ability you know like when they're captured i'm never really worried about i'm thinking about in game of thrones like Tyrion. if Tyrion's there i'm not worried about him getting hurt because he can talk his way out of anything um Mm -hmm. quark is kind of like that um totally you know there's just some characters i don't fear for and archer in, in his plot armor like picard like janeway mm-hmm. like kirk like spock you know all these people yes. so he really makes the most out of his time being tortured and yeah. he is able to this is historic he's able to get our buddy degra um and he's kept alive like he he saves everybody's skin by mm-hmm. forming this like connection with him. I also thought it was interesting, so Randy, you know, just talking about your question, going back to that a little bit, in the very beginning of this episode, when he's talking about going out on the shuttle, he says that what happened with Sim and how he had to choose to, to murder him in order to save mm-hmm. his commander um, really has weighed on him. And he said, this is penance for what I did. And I decided that no more people are gonna die on my command um and so true. I'd forgotten that. i think that is really what's driving him in this specific episode he's like and which i love to see that he's having like he's feeling the consequences of that decision and that it wasn't classic star trek where we just never like no character ever has baggage <laughs> like yeah. like no he's really feeling affected by this and so he's very he's feeling sacrificial I think that's so true because he's had to harden so much in these in the expanse and in, during this conflict with the Zindi and he's not this like happy-go-lucky captain who wants to explore and meet new civilizations anymore and that's really disturbing to watch and I think he's disturbed as well and so that's a really good point Ashlyn and yeah I'm, I'm glad that like he thinks finally about negotiations and it works you know like I'm glad that he kept the little emblem that Degra would recognize we should talk about the ship's reaction to losing Archer because they're all very nervous pacing around like they said Archer should have been there hours ago there's been no explosion clearly he failed and is and they're he's presumed dead you know and so they don't have any true indication but it's it's all very tense and I just am drawing so many parallels from the original series here because T'Pol is just not, like, suited for the captaincy when Archer is, like, supposedly dead, you know? And this is how Spock is. Like, he just cannot captain in a way that is, like, needed for that time. And it's just really interesting to see. And, of course, T'Pol is also going through her 
trillium addiction, which adds to her stress and inconsistency of her emotions and stuff. So it's a really tough time for Archer to leave his crew, leave them to kind of fall apart. Yes, and I'm so glad you brought up to pull because it's hard to watch these Archer death fake out episodes mm-hmm. because to pull really struggles with it. And I was thinking mostly it was due to her trillium addiction and because mm-hmm. it's just breaking down her mental barriers. So her emotions are coming a lot, um, like a lot easier mm-hmm. to her, which is hard and really hard for her to deal with. Like this episode, she kind of hides away in the ready room and is like working on a report. Not really, but she's really hiding, you know. Yeah. Um, and Trip is the one who's like, hey, you, like the crew needs you. You really need to step it up. And so I just feel so bad for her. Like this is, I think, her first freak out like oh my gosh this could actually happen that i could be captain and i think in her she kind of put off such a like smug like i'm better than all of you vibes Mm -hmm. in the beginning like early early i think when it comes down to it she does not want to be captain but i think she'd be an awesome captain if she like was in her best mental health you know yeah absolutely like she doesn't need leadership advice like like trip says but she's just in this state where she can't do it right now. Yeah, and Archer is really a pillar for everyone, and they really rely on him for his sort of, like, harebrained ideas and his quick action and, like you said, ways of talking out of a situation, and T'Pol can't really do those, like, fill those gaps, you know, and I think that that's really difficult when you have to be a whole different captain that people aren't expecting as well and I think that it is also concerning that then DePaul offers to go and try to do the same thing that Archer did like take one more shuttle down and try to negotiate I just think that like Trip is so right in his sort of accusations of her and I don't of course like the way that like he's speaking to her and I think that it's unfair his anger but I think of course this is a similar reaction to Archer's grief at losing someone because Trip is so close with Archer so he also sort of latches out and is like desperate to keep his remaining people close and that includes Depole and he's like why are you sacrificing yourself and running away from this you know yeah that's that's totally right I agree with you I agree with Trip yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that Archer was able to save everyone by talking it through but and it but yeah. it, it was still a good first test for Tapol. I mean obviously there's situations totally. where she's had the bridge mm-hmm. um, but this is the first time she's really thought about oh I could be captain <laughs> I could have to take this yeah, yeah exactly I think that is also why she doesn't take the ship after Archer is sick in uh, Twilight and goes with him because she I mean she feels guilty for his condition but I think also because she doesn't want captaincy yeah well she was captain for a little bit in Twilight but it didn't stay for long yeah like you said yeah after azadi prime in the next Mm -hmm. episode the aquatics save him and take him back to enterprise so he's fine give him a little ship and he's like there (laughs) they're like what so yeah just a little beat up yeah so he's fine everyone's happy to see him um Mm -hmm. and then yeah so zero hour is next yeah and this is another instance when archer finds something to blow up and he's gonna (laughs) do it himself and this this time though it's the highest stake yeah the sphere and Hoshi's on board, too. And yes. so it's like, save Hoshi, because she was kidnapped, um, mm-hmm. and then disable the weapon. And Reed is with him, too. Yes, and yeah. the Mako officers there came down for the rescue mission, and Archer sends them all along 
and knows that like okay I have to go and trigger the device and stop any other insectoids that are coming their way and so then there's this like epic scene he blows it up and he's running (laughs) and it's it's like so cheesy I'm like what is going on um and that's the supposed death of Archer because they all come back and there's this heartbreaking moment where everyone's like looking around and there's like where's the captain and I think it's Malcolm who says like he didn't make it Mm mm-hmm and this is a good like 30 minutes into the episode so yeah. this I th- and also this is the first episode of season four too no um, this is the last episode of season three. Oh, this is the last yeah. oh you're okay yeah um so, like the defeat of the zindi <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god yeah so this is really big and when they're scanning it says that like like the expanse is returning to normal all the anomalies that were formed are gone basically like everything is going back to how it was and so it's obvious that it did work they Mm did they were able to get rid of the zindi so it's a it's a really big deal but it comes at a really high cost absolutely so i think it's very bittersweet for the crew And once again, everyone is like contemplating this, you know, this loss of the captain. And I think the hardest part is seeing Porthos sad. Like that always gets me. Like he won't eat his favorite food and Phlox is trying to cheer him up. And then my very favorite scene of this episode is DePaul coming down and to talk to Porthos and Phlox, you know, and she is asking how Porthos is doing. And I think also just looking for company and looking to like talk with flocks about archer's death and everything and trying to get reassurance as much as porthos needs it and so i love then she turns to porthos and says like did you hear that you will be fine see i took this as a much more like darker i i took this that she was really going through something hard and dark Mm -hmm. and really needed reassurance but wasn't sure how to reach out and so her yeah. going to Phlox is a big step, you know? Um, and Phlox, like, they've had this closeness because of her struggle with the Trillium addiction. So mm-hmm. it makes sense why she feels like I can be myself with him and he won't judge me for it. Um, so she's going to her safe space. She's going to see Porthos. And her excuse is that her hand is not quite returned to normal yeah. from the effects of the space everyone else's has. But obviously it's a metaphor for how she is, like, not okay with Archer dying. It made me sad when Flock said about Porthos, like, he's not okay now, but he will be okay. You know, everything happens with time. I just recently lost my dog, and our dog Harley was, like, best friends with him. Mm -hmm. And so I know that look of a dog who's, like, really missing their best friend, you know? Mm -hmm. So that got me, too. I was like, oh, man. Um, And so you really see how the crew is affected and um, just how important Archer really is. But I just did not feel good about to pull at the end of this episode. I'm glad you were able to say, like, it's cute. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, she's, like, grasping onto anything to keep going, well, you yeah. know? I mean, I think it was really sweet because she, like, there's sometimes nothing like having an animal companion to get you through a hard Absolutely. time. Absolutely, yeah. Like, you know, just being by them and sharing in that sort of just, like, tough, like, okay, we're not okay right now, but we're going to be. I really like that sentiment because it shows you that like this feeling is not going to last forever and it doesn't you know and T'Pol does get through this and Archer does live you know like it's this crazy but it takes Nazis and all this stuff <laughs> well, so, <laughs> for us to find him <laughs> yeah so let's get into it um this is the season four 
opening episode so we yeah. just like the the end the series the season ends in season three with mm-hmm. archer's dead which is like oh yeah. eh, hmm, there's one more season so this season it's actually a little bit shorter than the other seasons because they were having trouble renewing it and so how insane would it have been if the series ends with archer dead and to pull like crying and (laughs) everyone like freaking out you know that would have been terrible terrible almost as bad as the actual finale i know (laughs) (laughs) but at least we got a wonderful fourth season before so and this opening is exactly like i feel the exact same way that trip feels he has this moment where they're like takes the shuttle down to earth because no one's responding to their communications and there's like b-52 planes and they're like shooting their guns at them and everything and so trip comes back up to the ship and he's complaining to pull essentially like it's just one thing after the other like <laughs> we just defeated the cindy weapon and now we're back here with nazis you know? and that's like i just feel that sentiment right now like you know just in like regular life stuff like me moving and having to make i just sold my car like making all these changes but also in like earth-like stuff like oh my god one thing after the other and um watching this episode too i'm like can these people get a break like they did not get any shore leave and trip was even saying i was planning on laying on every beach (laughs) on earth or something yeah and said he gets to lay with the nazis never what you want it's true this crew cannot get a break and they desperately need shore leave more than just come out of the expanse like the ship is a wreck (laughs) like they're all a wreck it's terrible Mm -hmm. they've lost so many people on this trip yeah i thought it was a really like hilarious and crazy intro to season four Mm -hmm. to just really like throw you off and archer's like in this truck full of nazis and you're like literally what is going on yeah and one's an alien nazi you're like this is a nightmare. What are we doing here? Yeah, yeah this is a nightmare. <laughs> and I love that it's Daniels. It's always Daniels oh. scooping up Archer at the 11th hour or the zero hour. Oh, nice <laughs> one. Nice Thanks. one. There you go. Um, but anyway, it's always Daniels in the end who saves him. But we don't get the crew reunion for a long time. A I'm long time. I like sk- skipping through this episode. I love it. Like, I do love the Nazi episode arc. I think that all the characters are really fun, but we watched it for time travel, and I was like, okay, I'm just looking for Archer back on the ship. But finally, we get, like, a heroic beam out right before they get shot at with one of the people he met on Earth in the past. It's just this wild (laughs) plot. But I do love that moment of relief when they hear Archer's voice, you know, and they hear it, like, crackling over the comms or whatever. And they're like, oh my god, it, like, is that him, you know? And then actually getting to see him and Hoshi gets to hug him. And that is just, like, a really nice reunion. And I think it helps to ease everyone because they were all, like, completely suffering without his leadership. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you really feel the absence of him throughout the episode. We do, I mean, obviously we see him on yeah. Earth throughout the episode, but his presence on Enterprise is absolutely missed and i agree like sometimes the reunions are like a little bit of a letdown when the people Mm -hmm. are back to life Mm -hmm. but i thought (laughs) this one was really well done and um you can really feel the emotions of everyone when and flocks too he's like so good to see you captain (laughs) yes that was cute and i love again to pull is just that sigh of relief like oh thank god i don't want to be captain and thank god he's back you know so yeah yeah that was really nice um 
And, you know, they end up fixing the timeline, defeating the Nazis, which is all you can hope for. Yeah. Then they go home, face some other Nazis, and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and then the, season, then the season series is over. <laughs> <laughs> and then Riker comes on the bridge. Oh, says, God. I was watching <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. well... Okay, so I want to do a little bit of reflecting, Rihanna, because this was a very different episode than the other ones that we've had so far in the Death Fakeout series. I noticed a, a way less laughter. <laughs> like, uh, maybe, I mean, we, we're going to make each other laugh, but like, Archer yeah. never laughed once in any of nope. these episodes. They were all very serious, and mm-hmm. um, I'm wondering what you think about why that is. I mean, I think this one, it definitely has a tone that is similar to, like, the hardest times on Deep Space Nine or, like, the seriousness of the crew in TNG. So, like, we've seen these, like, more serious eras of Trek before, but I think it is interesting that, especially when they're in the Expanse, like, there are no, like, relief episodes. Like, there's no episodic one that doesn't really matter to the overarching plot. And so I think... Even though we say, like, most Trek is episodic, really, like, Enterprise is very much connected. And I think that they, like, truly don't have time to smile or laugh, like, when they're doing all of this crazy Zindi Expanse stuff and then Nazis coming along and all this. And so it does make me wish for the early days of Enterprise when they were just exploring and Trip is getting pregnant and they're having these really great, funny character moments and growing and learning together. And so it is hard to see even, like, no goofy fake-out deaths. These are all very serious. So then, I agree with you. So (laughs) then I'm wondering, um, do you think this is the correct way to do a fake-out death? Like, the the most convincing? Or, like, the, yeah, like, do you think it's the best way? Because I'm thinking about, like, even in DS9, such a serious show, we had episodes like Mm -hmm. Morn's Death, you know, that ends up being, like, a bunch of shenanigans or, like, the uh, people tricking each other and that they fake their deaths and things like like Mm -hmm. that. So I'm wondering, like, is this a good formula for Trek? Like, to have this, like, serious death fake out? Did it make it more convincing than some of the other episodes? That's a great question. I think that it definitely shows us the tone of, like, the era of Trek that we're in and the era of, like, the world because... Obviously, this show is so influenced by 9-11 and is so, like, entrenched in this time period. And so I think, like, you kind of have to take death more seriously, you know, when so many people had died in real life. And I don't know if that was an influence, but it makes me think about how, like, eras in life, you know, sometimes you do funny stuff on TV to distract and sometimes you do it to reflect. And so I think, like with Discovery they do a lot of reflecting about the time that we're in and it can get really serious and really tough. But then I also just, for me, would like some less serious ones and would like to sometimes take death lighter because it's hard to face death and it's hard to know that like, it's great in Star Trek when you know they're gonna come back, you know, but like it is interesting that they take it more seriously in Enterprise and I think it's, it's a good way of doing it, but I wouldn't always want it that way. So my answer is, like, I want a blend, you know, and I don't think that there's a quote-unquote best way. I think that there's, like, I think that maybe I'm biased, but I think that Star Trek's ways are the best ways, you know, in which that they can have a synthesis of both. And I wish Enterprise did a little bit more of that, like maybe a season one, like, I don't know, 
goofy fake out death something like that i love that rihanna and i absolutely feel the same way i think that the goofy deaths really help to keep it lighter i think sometimes Mm -hmm. the goofy deaths are too much like in next generation it was it was a lot of them it was too much that was just like too silly and that I just was like, eh, Don't you know. Don't even get a reunion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. That's, it's really interesting. I just, yeah. like, this plot device is used so often. It's just interesting to see, like, as Star Trek gets older, what are they doing with it, you know? Yeah. And also, Ashlyn, because these episodes are more serious, this might be a weird question, but what was your favorite? <laughs> I knew we had a question at the end, but I forgot what it was. So (laughs) I'm going to have to just take a quick look here. God, I don't know. I guess my favorite fake out death was probably all of Earth. Um, (laughs) Just and just because it was such a fantastic episode. Twilight is stupendous. And I really like episodes that give us really high stakes like that. It makes them really memorable. And I love seeing characters put in situations we don't normally see them in. I love it so much. And so even though it's not like a funny one at all, um, it's definitely my favorite fake out death. What about you, Rihanna? (laughs) Who did you love seeing go down? (laughs) I didn't love seeing it happen, but I I really loved Dead Stop. I think that it is now like top tier of my favorite Star Trek episodes. Seeing it again just really like made me think about the creative and clever ways that Star Trek is continuing to do these tropes that we think could get tiresome but they never do you know Mm -hmm. and so I really appreciated the way that they were able to trick us out with the fake Mayweather and the bodies and everything like it's I'm such a huge fan of sci-fi horror that it was the perfect blend of that and also we got some good like character greeting time as well so it just was phenomenal and I want to shout out Roxanne Dawson again thank you for being amazing yeah thank you we love you we so we're shouting out Roxanne Dawson and Robert Duncan McNeil again. Yes. <laughs> Whoops. To the void. Yeah. Yes. In our Enterprise episode. Yeah. Well, well, Brianna, thank you so much. I am very, very interested to move into the next realm of Star Trek, and that, of course, is Alex Kurtzman era with Discovery, Picard, Prodigy, Strange New Worlds. I feel like, actually, there's no mm-hmm. fake-out death in Prodigy, so not none yeah. of that, but... Um, uh, yeah we're entering yeah lower decks oh my gosh um so i'm very excited but that also means we're getting somehow impibly like a little over halfway getting close to the end of this uh. series and so rihanna is thinking her little brain is not being attached to a machine because it's thinking <laughs> about our next series so we're excited to hear hopefully maybe next episode next or episode. next That's one my plan okay mm-hmm. yeah so everyone gets psyched for that and i can't wait to talk about discovery death fake outs next week yes thank you ashlyn and thank you all for listening see you next time thank you for listening to the dura sisters podcast please tune in next week for the sixth episode of our Death Fake Out series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will talk about the people who didn't quite die in Star Trek Discovery. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. 
Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr and TikTok, and especially our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. By donating any amount per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive reviews of Lower Decks, the animated series, Galaxy Quest, and Star Trek Trivia. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, and feminism. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Social media and marketing is by me, Ashlyn Gelman, and Rihanna Scorpy Heard. Editing is done by Rihanna Heard and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro... <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw in a little Scorpy at you. <laughs> I had to bring back my Scorpy. <laughs> we'll never be rid of it. <laughs> Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry.